a focused summary of chapters 11 and 12 of Frankenstein. The monster shared with Victor the indistinct memories of his first days of life. Initially, all was a chaos of impressions, and he had difficulty even distinguishing between the operations of his senses. As the first light of day arrived, he shut his eyes against it, but soon he opened them again and descended from the lab. He walked at liberty until, tired and oppressed by the heat, he sought rest in the shade of the forest of Ingolstadt. Tormented by hunger and thirst, he ate some berries and drank from the brook, and then slept. When he awoke, it was dark, and he was cold and afraid. By the light of the rising moon, he was able to find some berries and a cloak, but still he felt overwhelmed by confused sensations. Gradually he was able to distinguish among his sensations, and to perceive the stream, trees, and sky. He delighted in the sounds of the forest birds, and tried in vain to imitate them. His own uncouth sounds frightened him into silence. With time he gained a more refined perception, and was able to distinguish the insect from the herb and the sparrow from the thrush. One day he happened upon a fire that had been left. Delighted by its warmth, he thrust his hand in the live embers, and discovered to his horror that the same cause could produce both pleasure and pain. He examined the materials of the fire, experimented with their use, and collected a supply of wood. Then he slept, fearful that the fire would be extinguished. When he awoke, he examined the fire, and a breeze fanned it into flame. He discovered that it could be used for warmth, light, and the roasting of foods, which made them more savory. Food had become scarce, and he decided to venture out to discover a place where his hunger might be more easily satisfied. For three days he walked through the woods in the newly fallen snow. At length he came upon a hut and entered it. An old man was preparing breakfast by the fire, and seeing the monster, he shrieked and ran out of the hut. This surprised the monster, but he was also enchanted by the comforts of this pleasant retreat. He devoured the peasant's breakfast and fell asleep. He awoke at noon and set out again. He walked until he arrived at a village, which, with its cottages and gardens, appeared to him miraculous. When he entered one of the cottages, the shrieks of the children soon roused the whole village, and the people either fled or attacked. He ran for the open country and took refuge in a bare hovel that adjoined a cottage he dared not enter. The hovel gave him shelter from the cold of winter and the barbarity of man. This hovel was a paradise compared to the bleak forest, and he decided to reside there until anything might force him out. One day he was about to emerge from it when he saw passing by a young girl of gentle but melancholy demeanor, wearing coarse clothing and carrying a pail on her head. She was soon met by a young man who looked still more deeply despondent. The monster discovered a chink in the wall to the cottage, through which he could observe the cottagers. 
he saw the girl arranging the cottage, while an old man sat in the corner, looking disconsolate. At one point she brought the old man an instrument, with which he produced sounds more beautiful than those of the nightingale. The kindness and affection between the two stirred in the monster overwhelming sensations that were a mixture of pleasure and pain. The young man then returned with a bundle of wood, and he and the girl went outside to continue their labors while the old man sat pensive. When they returned, the monster gazed in wonder at these excellent creatures until they had extinguished their candles and gone to bed. Lying sleepless on his straw bed, reflecting on all he had seen, the monster longed to join the cottagers, but dared not. He feared the same barbarous treatment he had received from the villagers. He resolved to continue watching from a distance. The next day passed in the same routine, with the young boy and girl engaged in their labors, and the old man, whom he now perceived was blind, playing his instrument or thinking. They doted on him with affection, and he rewarded them with his warm smiles. But the monster could see they were not happy, as he often saw them privately weeping. He could not comprehend how these creatures, who appeared to have every joy and luxury, could be miserable. But if even they could be unhappy, it made his own wretchedness less strange. With continued observation, he learned one cause of their uneasiness. They were poor, and suffered poignant pangs of hunger. Often, the two young people sacrificed their portions of what little food they had for the old man. Seeing this kindness, the monster resolved never again to steal part of their store, as he had previously done, and he assisted the family by collecting for them a supply of wood. This inexplicable gift astonished them, but it also freed them for other labors. The monster began to understand that the cottagers communicated with each other by means of speech, and he longed to become acquainted with this godlike science. The rapidity of the words and the ambiguity of their objects made this difficult, but over time he learned the words for some familiar objects and the names they called each other. Agatha, Felix, and Father. The goodness of the cottagers endeared them to the monster. The old man's cheerfulness and encouragement helped Agatha cast off her melancholy. But not Felix. He was the saddest among them. At night, Felix would read to them, and the monster longed to comprehend these written symbols, too. He had made some improvements in speech— but he would not attempt to communicate with the cottagers until he could do so clearly enough to make them overlook his deformity. He deeply admired the beauty of the cottagers, so when he first viewed himself in a transparent pool, he was mortified and despondent. The sun warmed, the snow vanished, and food again became more plentiful. Every day for the monster was the same— he observed the cottagers in the morning. While they worked, he slept, and while they slept, he collected food for himself and fuel for the cottage. He observed that when they noticed the offices he had done for them, they would often utter the words, Good Spirit. 
he came to regard these lovely creatures as arbiters of his future destiny, and at night he would picture to himself the moment of first presenting himself to them. They would at first be disgusted, but with his words he would win their favor and their love. He applied himself even more to the acquisition of language. His spirits were lifted by the enchanting appearance of spring and by the bright rays of hope.